You're listening to Thunder Quack Podcast Network. Hi, this is Jim Shooter, and you're listening to the Epic Marvel Podcast. Welcome to the Epic Marvel Movie Podcast. I am Steve Ferguson. And I am Douglas Ferguson. Mer- I, am, I am... Oh, sorry. I'm sorry. Uh, I was sorry. just going to say, and I'm related to Stephen Ferguson. That makes, that makes sense. Merry Christmas, Castles, Doug. Merry Christmas, Castles to you, Stephen. <laughs> I, I didn't realize we are going to transfer that joke over... Uh, and a um, happy new yesair. <laughs> <laughs> um, great, yeah. That's, uh, that's uh, a little... Little joke from our other podcast for those of you who uh, don't know that we are from the Super Big in Japan Music A to Z podcast. I had to show one of my coworkers that because uh, he was talking about you know uh, the statistics that uh, he released a book on Amazon and he was mm-hmm. talking about the statistics and how they show the demographic breakdown. I said, "Oh, you want to see a demographic breakdown? Let me show you something." So I went back to uh, the first time I got a. A really good breakdown of where Music A to Z podcast, where it's uh, um, how popular it was in other countries, and mm-hmm. you know, as as predicted, not very in most countries. Yeah, uh, the yeah. U.S. saw and the U.K. had a, a more noticeable spike than Canada, but Japan, like I couldn't believe it. Yeah, it was yeah. it was disproportionately off the charts. Yeah, I really gotta I wonder. Believe it. I wonder how much of it is like bots and stuff like that. Oh, you know? I hope not. You know, but, so or, if, or if there's literally like maybe a bunch of people in Japan trying to like learn English learn by English. listening to pod, by listening to podcasts and stuff like that, and you know, or or maybe you know like you know how lots of bands get mm-hmm. really big in Japan. Really big, you know? yeah. So yeah. that's maybe there's some connection there. I don't know. I'm trying to remember. There was a couple who were outrageously big in Japan. Men without hats were they very large in Japan? Um, I don't know. I I think. I feel like we've touched on that in the podcast. Yeah, we have. Big in Japan. Yeah. It's, it's legitimately, folks, it's a thing. It is a thing. Uh, but moving moving on from that, folks, by the way, if you are interested in the Music A to Z podcast, uh, I'm still updating it. I'm still throwing the old episodes up. I just uploaded the RS4 Roiksop episode. Mm-hmm, what mm-hmm. a pleasure that was. And then I remembered that I don't own any Roiksop. <sighs> That's very silly. Mm-hmm. It's a very silly thing. And I'm currently editing the Estes for St. Germain episode. Oh, yeah. It's been a while. It's been a while. Was that before he released that album? That that self-titled album? It was, like, just before, I think. Yeah. So. Yeah. Yeah, it's been still, wow, it's been a few years. It, it, yes, it has. It's uh, yeah. early early 2016. It'll be about four years. Oh, wow. Wow. Four years. Wow. Anyway, but that's not why we're here. No. We're here uh, because... We love watching movies, and we love reading comics. Mm-hmm. And if you've been keeping track with us, folks, during these specials, um, then you know that we're covering Santa Claus the movie. Oh. Oh, Doug. Am I talking about the Tim Allen version, where he kills Santa, Santa falls off his roof, and then, uh, and then uh, he, turns into, he turns into Santa Claus? Am I talking about that one? 
Actually, no, but every time I mention this movie, that's what people bring up, for oh. sure. We're talking about the one where uh, some Martians kidnap some kids and it's up to Santa to go and rescue them? That's the one? That's nice. The one. Nice. No. I mean, no. Is that, are, you, are you referring to Santa Claus versus the Martians? Conquers the Martians. Even though he doesn't. He doesn't conquer the he Martians. He doesn't conquer the Martians at all. He's, he's barely versus them, really. Yeah. Um, I think I watched that for the first time last year actually I saw it a couple years ago um, I, I think I watched the this, and this is definitely this is always the way to do it folks I watched the Mystery Science Theater 3000 version of Sky it Dad, so, because yeah. I'm going to be honest it's not a good movie no but if you watch Mystery Science Theater 3000 it makes it a good movie yeah but space plays it like every year at Christmas yeah. well it's because like how many how many space related Christmas movies are there do we need to make some I suppose there's Christmas on Mars but that's a terrible movie too uh, yeah 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 and that one doesn't even actually have Santa Claus Got a lot of like weird, like genital imagery though. Yeah. If you you know if that's your thing. If that's your thing. Yeah. Psychedelic music and. Uh, Soundtrack's good. Soundtrack's were good. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Oh, and speaking of of related films though, uh, the DVD copy that you had of Santa mm-hmm. the, of Santa Claus the movie had a preview at the beginning <laughs> of a film called. Gotta Catch Santa Claus, which apparently was destined to become a new Christmas classic. And yet, mm-hmm. no one has, um, no one's ever mentioned it to me. Mm-hmm. Um, it, lo- it legit looks like one of those um, really rushed CGI jobs, and and like it just it looks really cheap. It looks like really cheap CG. But has William Shatner playing Santa for yes. some inexplicable reason? I would have never guessed him as a Santa Claus, but you know what? Don't don't put Shatner in a box. Yeah. So. Okay. <laughs> I don't know. The trailer didn't sell me. No, it looks awful. <laughs> it, it looks it looks terrible. It looks like I like. There's a reason it's it didn't become a new Christmas classic. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. So. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. So. Uh, Santa Claus the movie. We have a history with it. It was a VHS tape that mm-hmm. our grandparents had. Yeah, I called it a, a uh, grandma's house movie. Uh-huh, yeah, because uh-huh. every Christmas it was, it was. Yeah, well, it was. She didn't have that many movies uh, for us to watch. Really, mm-hmm. um, looking back, I mean, obviously, I probably wouldn't have appreciated them as a kid. But I'm like, they had a nice, they had a nice movie collection. Uh, Doctor Zhivago, uh, a lot of a lot uh, of classics. Uh, Silence of the Lambs, uh, Lawrence of Arabia. Mm-hmm. Uh, I think they had Constant Gardener, didn't they? I don't know. The wait, Constant Gardener, the one. Well, there, was there an older one? No. The no, but I thought they. Two thousand five one. I thought they got Constant Gardener. Oh, I won't, I don't know. I have mm. no idea. Um, I, I I was thinking about when we were kids. Yeah, oh, fair. It wasn't. Um, they had a lot of classic films, and a and a small selection for us. There was uh, Cinderella for the Disney one. Yeah. Um, Little Rascals. Mm. They had Little Rascals. Uh, the The Adventures of Baron Munchausen. Which is a very bizarre movie. We didn't watch that one as much. No, because it was really strange. Yeah, uh, yeah, yeah. It was it was a weird one. But it, but it was age appropriate. I mean, it was. It's, I don't know if there's anything wrong with it that yeah. we we couldn't. It's just a strange Terry Gilliam movie. I haven't seen it in the ages. No, because it's a strange Terry Gilliam movie. Movie. Yeah, yeah, basically. Mm-hmm. Um, and but uh, you know, every year uh, that she had Santa Claus the movie, mm-hmm. and and apparently. Um, like it would never have occurred to us at the time that it was uh, it was kind of a flop when it came out. Oh no! Um, because we watched it and so it was like ingrained in our memories. But uh, but apparently at the time it was just a, an enormous failure. Oh yeah. Yeah yeah yeah. Which to be honest, kind of 
kind of baffles me a little bit. I know Roger Ebert was fairly forgiving of it, um, and and he you know he made some pretty good points about uh, about the effects and visually how nice it looked and stuff. But a lot of the critics really eviscerated the movie, found it to be without substance and just kind of like glammy but dumb. Which I don't know. I, I even looking watching it now. Um, I think that's a little too harsh, you know. I mean, it's not perfect. No, it's it's um, it's got some pretty glaring flaws. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, it was what was interesting is um, watching it this time. Okay, I so saw first I watched this movie last year with Ali, mm-hmm. uh, my fiance. Um, we watched it for our web series. Ali hasn't, so uh, get, you check it out on YouTube, everybody. Ali hasn't seen Santa Claus the movie, um, and it's just a, a kind of a reaction video and a, and a sort of, you know. Uh, you look back on a like my impression as someone who's revisiting it, and her impression as someone who's never seen it, mm-hmm. uh, and uh, yeah, so that's that's um, that's there's that. Um, but uh, what was more telling, I think, was this time we watched it with your daughter Scarlett. Yeah, and uh, she was stoked. She want she yeah. we had a uh, Christmas party for her Beaver group, uh, actually for the the Scouts in general that night beforehand. And I was only planning on staying like an hour. Um, and it was like a potluck thing, so mm-hmm. we brought we bought a bunch of those um, those whippets, sort of like cookie things. It's like covered in chocolate. It's got whipped marshmallow inside, and it's a little, little biscuit under and stuff. It's delicious. Okay. So we stopped by there, and she was just like, "Are we gonna watch the movie now?" Like as I'm walking in, I'm just like, "No, no, let's stay." And there's a bunch of kids up at the front, beavers, and they're singing Jingle Bells, and then Scarlett, you know, six years old, she has zero issue airing her thoughts, even though there's tons of people in there. She's like. Let's go. <laughs> just let's go. Let's go. And she's like, put the cookies down. Let's go. Put that cookie down. No. no. Uh, oh, oh, wait. Oh, hold on. So, Santa Claus movie, that's the one where Arnold Schwarzenegger has to fa- fight Sinbad for a toy, right? That's right. That's the yeah, one. Yeah, that's what I thought. <laughs> uh, and it's just like, it's just like, there's, ton, there's tons of food. And I know she's hungry. And there's tons of food. I'm like, why don't we sing a few songs? And then she's like, no, let's watch the movie. And she grabs me by the oh, hand. Okay. And so I'm just that's like, why you guys came early. We came, well, I mean, I want to buffer it a little bit. So I was like, well, let's go to 7 Eleven and grab a drink. Um, Thank you, by the way. No the, problem. Yeah, for the drink. No problem. Sure. I love, this is, this is not endorsed, but I do love Wild Cherry Pepsi. Mm-hmm. Uh, but if they wanted to sponsor this podcast, oh, I would yeah. I would accept their money. I, yeah, I'm sure. I'm sure yeah. we all would. But anyway, she was she was so on board because she she loves the idea of Christmas so much. Anything to do with Santa and Andrew being 13 years old and Jessica and I have raised both kids to not be hardcore Santa is real sort of thing. Santa is a fun thing that we do in the holidays, like the tooth fairy. It's not we're not like Scarlet the tooth fairy or whatever yeah. it's like put on put a tooth under the tello uh, the the tello the pillow and the tooth fairy will come easter bunny look he drops some eggs you know it's all fun and stuff yeah but she loves the mythos of santa she she adores rudolph the red-nosed reindeer oh that's um, why she was so disappointed that she he didn't was make an appearance. so disappointed he wasn't in the movie <laughs> yeah she she so when i told her we're gonna watch this movie and it's all about santa claus and she says the one with tim allen i said no <laughs> <laughs> and she's like is it the one with Dudley Moore? Is it, is it, yeah, is it, it's you know what, that's the one with Dudley Moore. Um, <laughs> we'll get to that. We'll get to that. Yeah. And I said, oh yeah, it talks about the reindeer and the and the elves and it shows Santa's workshop and she was just like, yeah. And so she was. Uh, now all things considered, she did have a hard time staying still through most of the movie, but I associate that with age. She actually made a pretty good go of it. Well, what I noticed is is um, well, the, this sort of works my way into my review of the movie a little bit in mm-hmm. that the movie does change dramatically partway through yeah um so like 
basically there's the the Santa origin story, and then the second half kind of has this. Uh, modern day story about this evil businessman played yeah. by John Lithgow, who's amazing, by the way, in this film. Can I just say also John Lithgow as yeah. the villain? He, I know you haven't watched any Dexter, but in mm-hmm. one of the later seasons of Dexter, he plays uh, another villain there, but he plays a serial killer psychopath who's mm-hmm. learned to hide in a family life, um, and legitimately, he's brilliant in that role. He is brilliant. Just thought I should mention that. Because, okay, yeah. Yeah, because, I mean, like, this is the opposite end of the spectrum here, because he's he's literally a cartoon character. Oh, he's hamming it up, yeah. for sure. He's really... But, but, like, but it's fun to watch. Sure. Yeah, and, and, you know, for a family movie of this nature, like, it's not like he was going for something, like, Dexter, where if, yeah. where if we play, like, ha, 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 in Dexter, yeah. then I'm pretty sure that... Uh, I, I'm shocked he didn't have a mustache to twirl. <laughs> oh, he yeah. had the Missed cigar, up. he had the stupid hat and stuff, yeah. and the Missed big fur coat. There, yeah. He was just. I guess they just didn't want to commit to that last mm. little push. They're like, they're like, maybe that's too much. And the the mustache would have been way yeah. too much. <laughs> Which is strange because it was the eighties. So yeah, everyone know. had a mustache. <laughs> so, but maybe that's what made him evil. Mm. Was that he didn't? Maybe have a they needed him to be as far away visually from Santa yeah. Claus as possible. Yeah, that's right. By having him completely clean shaven, yeah. and mostly bald. Mm-hmm. Um, what was I saying? Oh yes, yeah, so Scarlet. Mm-hmm. Um, she was. She was very engaged, asking questions, um, like excited about all the Santa mythos stuff that happens in the first half of the movie. Yeah. Um, but then once it kind of gets into modern age, and uh, and it's more like the business stuff with the toy company, she was a lot less into it. And uh, that I think that's very telling about about one of the problems of the movie in that it is um, it is a bit unfocused and it mm-hmm. is it isn't um, as cohesive as it ought to be. I, th- I don't think those two halves, like, they, they don't really mix together super great. And also, it's, it's, you know, it's hard to... I guess they did the best they could because, like, a, a rival, like, an evil toy company CEO is kind of the best rival for Santa. Mm-hmm. But it's not like you can have Santa in the end, like, putting on boxing gloves and going, like, all right, time for justice. Unless there's Seth Park. Although... Actually, I mean, it doesn't have to be Seth Park. I wouldn't mind making <laughs> that movie, come to think of it. I, I think that this is a really good idea that we should get on. I think uh, part of, honestly, part of it as well is that the contemporary modern day is New York City in the 80s. Mm-hmm. So even, like, maybe you can make the argument kids at that time would identify with the with the characters and the setting and stuff. But now, 30 years later, like, it's, you know, there's nothing really that Scarlet would, like, really identify with you know what i mean it's i mean i i guess i don't know what's necessarily that different other than nobody has like smartphones and stuff you know <laughs> i mean the the it feels dated though it just it just the the 80s you know in the 80s and in, mm-hmm. in new york city just it felt dated you know what i mean yeah i guess whereas, so. whereas the earlier part of the film had a mythical sort of quality it was it, had it a was timeless yeah, sort of quality. yeah timeless was the word i was gonna use yeah, yeah for sure um, I got it. You know, you gotta give props to the sets. Um, mm-hmm. Santa's workshop looks—it looks great. Like it really does look great. It's—it looks like a very fully realized Santa's workshop. Um, and you know, the elves and the dancing and like it's super—it's super fun. It is like it's really. I, I mean, it, it's comparable, I think, to like Superman in like the, the early Superman movies. Oh, for, like the Fortress um, of Solitude. Yeah, that kind of stuff. Yeah, absolutely. Like, like that's just, why I said to you, I said. Was this was this a Richard Donner film? Because it, it almost it, felt like it kind of has that aesthetic. Yeah. Um, but no, I think around, right around this time, Richard Donner was uh, doing Scrooge. Um, 
Mm-hmm. Couple, actually, I think it was just a couple years later, but um, but I don't think you'd want to do two back to back Christmas movies. No, probably not. Um, but no, some it's, uh, who is it? Uh, let's let's look. It is. Uh, Gen- oh, um, I feel like if I were just to say that, I think that's Geno. Geno's Schwark. 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 Um. Sorry, everybody. We're bad with names. This is this is a wrong going thing, especially with the um, Music A to Z podcast. Oh, what, all the yeah, time. Oh, all yeah. We time. have to put disclaimers up. Uh, he was. Oh, he directed Jaws two. Uh, Supergirl. So, oh, hey. Oh, there so there's you the go. connection. There you go. So he has. He's had a few bombs behind under his belt. <laughs> I think Jaws two wasn't a bomb, uh, apart from like critically. Uh, but I think theatrically it must have done well enough that they did do Jaws 3 and 4. Isn't that interesting, though? He he must follow along the same sort of a step. Well, for for Supergirl, certainly. Uh, I mean, have you seen Jaws 2? I have not seen Jaws 2. Okay, nor nor have I seen Supergirl. Uh, I, I've seen Supergirl, but it is very forgettable. Actually, maybe I saw it a long time ago. Yeah. I feel like I saw it on TV. It used to be on like, TV quite a bit. Like ages yeah. ago. But, uh, but not enough that it, like, it's like, well, should I really count it as me having seen it? Yeah. Probably not. Don't bother. Um, Jaws 2, I, I'm just curious if any of you folks know it. Aesthetically, is it similar to the first Jaws? Uh, because then I start to wonder, well, does this guy just copy other people's Like, maybe, yeah, he just has this, you know? um... Yeah, maybe he just has a, a good way of, like, uh, parroting. Yeah. Um, interesting. Oh, so lately he's done more TV work, uh, having... Grey's he's, Anatomy. He, he's still directing Grey's Anatomy and Bones hmm. and Castle. So he's... Oh, wow. And, and Supernatural. So... Oh, he even does stuff in town. Um, Fringe, yeah. So he's that, he's actually quite a prolific, prolific TV director right that now. That makes a degree of sense to me because you got to match the aesthetic of the series Bible. True, uh, yeah. So yeah. that makes a degree of sense The to person me. who has the most say in how a series looks visually mm-hmm. is the person who directs the pilot. Mm-hmm. Um, but, uh, yeah, apart from that... Uh, okay, so, yeah, he's um, still working today, even though he's... He's uh, oh well, actually this year he he just turned, um I guess was that seventy or eighty yes yes no oh, yes. eighty he just turned eighty he just turned eighty wow. yeah apparently I'm not very good at math okay so yeah uh, but he's hey he's still kicking and still working so good for him let's get back to Superman the movie Doug why don't you walk us through the plots um so it starts with a guy um. He has a beard mm. and uh, delivers toys, but he's not really called Santa Claus just yet. He's Claus. He's just Claus. Claus. Yeah. Uh, so they don't refer to him as Saint Nicholas or anything like that. Which is an interesting choice because they could have gone down that route. Yeah. They could have called him Nick or Nicholas, but they yeah. didn't. They they just chose the the dramatic Claus. Yeah. Um, and uh, you know he goes. He delivers some things. It's a particularly stormy night though it is a, a blizzard outside and they're like the kids are like yay and all the adults are like are you sure you want to go out there this is like yeah. pre-13th century yeah this, this is a this long, way long, back long, in the day. long 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 time ago yeah i forgot yeah, i guess i forgot to mention the era this isn't just like last year um <laughs> it's the 60s <laughs> yeah. um yeah it's back in the 60s yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um yeah, so he's you know he delivers toys and then he go, and then he, you know he's like you know what my reindeer Donner and Blitzen because mm. he only got the two right now he's like they can handle anything uh, so yeah don't worry about me everybody everything's gonna be all right so he leaves but everything is not all right it's a blizzard and he not even not even his reindeer can get him through 
Um, so him and Mrs. Claus, who uh, is named Anya in this, mm-hmm. Anya Claus. Um, she. Or I don't even know if she has a last name or if it's just Anya. He's Claus and she's Anya. Well, according to IMDb, it says Anya Claus. But maybe that's because he becomes Santa Claus. She was like, well, I guess I, I gotta be Claus. Too. Yeah, I think that's... Yeah, you know, just gotta, you gotta do what you gotta do. Um, and... Anyways, I'm pretty sure... I think we determined uh, mm-hmm. that they froze to death. I... Like, I never thought before. Like, as a kid, I yeah. thought they just kind of, like, passed out or went to sleep. But you rewatch it, I'm actually, like, really sure. Because they're, they're going through a woodland area, which mm-hmm. is where they live and the villages are. And then they they collapse and like in a big bad way. I legit think they died. Yeah, and um, and then that's it. That's yeah. the whole movie. That's it. <laughs> no, no. What happens is that uh, is that uh, Anya passes out first. Mm-hmm. So Claus takes his lightsaber and he slices <laughs> open Blitzen. Oh, and he's like, oh, I thought they smelled bad on the outside. Yeah, he totally. stuffs Anya and he says, I'm sorry, but there's no other way to keep you warm until the morning. Uh-huh. And they cross into Donner. <laughs> Richard Donner, I think. Is, oh, uh, yeah, yeah. It's Richard Donner and Blitzen. <laughs> I'd, and, I'd watch that movie. <laughs> I thought they smelled bad on the, the outside. outside. Uh, <laughs> um, so anyway, folks. They're not actually dead. Well, they, um, no, I mean, I think they did die, okay, but I think yes, it was the... Okay, so uh, the, the well, okay, I guess they, they've been restored... Mm-hmm. To a second life, mm-hmm. uh, all the reindeer included. Yep. Um, and because yeah, suddenly they're they're in the North Pole. There's they, no, they are. There's I mean, no trees or anything around. If you just listen to the dialogue, it sounds like oh, I've passed by this place before, but I've never seen it. And they're like, well, you weren't allowed to look before. But if you look at the setting, now all of a sudden it's a frozen wasteland. It's like the Fortress of Solitude. It's like there's no sign of forest. They're like up iceberg central. They're like mm-hmm. way up in the front. Like, quite suddenly. So you could say, oh, well, they're just doing that, you know, for a fact. It's like, no, I think they were, I think they were moved, transported. Yeah, you know, yeah. I, th- I think they were they were moved up there. I made a comparison to All Dogs Go to Heaven, <laughs> where, um, you know, if, if you, you know, if you leave, you'll never come back. Mm. Um, but because Charlie, spoiler alert for people who haven't seen All Dogs Go to Heaven, but mm-hmm. um, if you haven't seen it now, what are you waiting for? What are you waiting for? Um, <laughs> is that... Because he gave his life to save a little girl, Charlie the dog, mm-hmm. he was allowed back in heaven. Mm-hmm. But be- so because Santa or Claus and Anya gave their life just trying to give to children, uh, they were given a second life to do that for all eternity. And you know, it makes a bit of logistical sense too, in a way, because like if Santa's workshop was ultimately fairly close to those villages mm-hmm. what's to stop Claus and Anya from just being like well thanks for the rescue we're going home because it's just like a mile that way you know what I mean it's yeah. just like it would it just makes way more sense that the Vendigum uh, they prefer to be called elves but the village people refer to them as the Vendigum uh, moved them you know like like brought them summoned them yeah there's a lot of magic going on yeah, yeah. There's a lot of things you just have to go like, well, it's magic. It's ma- oh yeah, and and that clears up a lot of things. And but the thing is, like, how else are you can do Santa Claus story? Yeah, you gotta you gotta have magic in it. Mm-hmm. Every because it's just like otherwise, what are you gonna do? You're gonna have Batman Begins version of Santa Claus origin story <laughs> where you try and like build up this mythos and and like and like trying to make the most like real world sense of it. It's just not gonna happen. Although maybe someone should try. <laughs> That's right. <laughs> um. 
But so the Bendigum, Vendigum, the Vendigum, yeah. uh, slash elves do, uh, in fact, approach uh, Claus and Anya and go like, hey, uh, so you're hanging with us now. And uh, we're gonna, you're gonna, you're gonna see what's up. They don't. They actually really don't give a lot of. They they like the element of surprise. I think they're like they're like he's gonna love this. As as he's kind of going in there, and they're like, by the way, we're gonna change your name. By the way, you're gonna you're gonna live here. You're gonna live here with us now. Mm-hmm. By the way, uh, you're gonna deliver toys every Christmas. By the way, it's just like you know, revealing small bits of uh, small bits of info. I I wonder if it's because the ancient elf played by Burgess Meredith. Mm-hmm. Um, he said that their presence was fulfilling a prophecy. I can't help but wonder if the elves weren't sure that he was the one and were kind of holding back a little bit just in case... But let's say he threw, he flew into a drunken rage and like, or or you know he just refused to believe it, or something that would be like, okay, maybe this isn't the guy from the prophecy or whatever. Let's wipe his memory and throw him throw him out to the wall. You know, you know what I mean? Mm-hmm. It's just like like they seem to be a strangely devout people. Like they are they're fully on board. So it would make a degree of sense to me that just like we need to wait and see if this guy is actually the prophesied one. I mean. I mean, they got time on their hands. Well, that's just it, right? Like, what else have they been doing? It looks like they just, they've been preparing for this day for like four hundred years, <laughs> and they're like, they're like, we better make sure this is the right guy. <laughs> um, now, hold on. Now, this movie, this is the one though where they like go to the island of misfit toys and stuff, and they meet that lumberjack dude who's like wanting to like get the abominable snowman, right? Yeah, but then the abominable snowman winds up being their friends. No, I I bet that. Um, that Scarlet would have loved that. Though. Has she seen that Rudolph? The Rudolph special? It's frightening I, f- I feel like she has, but I don't have a specific memory. I feel like every kid has seen it. Like, it's yeah. on TV every all Christmas the all the and time. And we have the DVD so. of it, too. So, like, yeah. if she likes Rudolph, there's always that. Yeah. Yeah. Um, but no, this is the one with Dudley Moore. <laughs> <laughs> okay, we gotta explain that to okay. <laughs> okay, so... Uh, with this movie, every time anyone makes mention of it, is that they the first thing that they seem to say to us is like, "Oh yeah, that's the one with Dudley Moore," mm. and even to this day, yeah, Steve and I are both like, "Who's Dudley Moore?" <laughs> I know he was in the original Bewitched, and he uh, was in uh, the it apparently had a big hit in the movie um, Arthur. Oh yeah, 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 yeah that's right. Uh, but I've never seen Arthur. But like everyone mentions it as if as if like they're mentioning like. The one with Tom Cruise, right? Yeah. Like, 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 this is a big deal. That he, well, gonna... he was he was the headliner, right? He was the big name yeah. attached to it at the time. Yeah. Um, but but I, I nowadays like everyone's like, oh, John John Lithgow, John Lithgow's in this. <laughs> oh, look, it's John Lithgow. <laughs> um, but yeah, I, I guess at the time that he wasn't the name that he is now. No. And, um, this is probably, I mean, yeah, and and uh, David Huddleston plays Santa Claus, but he clearly wasn't the um, wasn't the headliner he had a lot of st- i was going through his imdb page he had a lot of steady work um but i don't think you know he never got like a-list status or whatever mm-hmm. it was a lot of supporting roles for the most part um burgess meredith was another big name but he had a, a very minor role yeah he had a, he had one scene basically and they're like they're like we're gonna give you the beard the biggest beard ever put to film yeah and he's like all right (laughs) (laughs) don't worry i won't blow it (laughs) i know i'm sorry i feel like my all right was a lot better yeah your all right was very good yeah i was was very happy yeah then i tried and then it just i just screwed it gets gotta be off the cuff yeah yeah often that is how how it goes yeah um um burgess meredith of course 
is well known for being the Penguin mm-hmm. in uh, the classic '60s Batman show. Yeah. Um, and uh, but his most iconic role may be um, Rocky's trainer in the original Rocky series. Mm-hmm. Um, maybe I don't know. He's had a few good ones. Yeah, we we first saw him I think in Grumpy Old Men. Well, oh, no, I definitely saw the '60s Batman first. Oh, you're right. I no, definitely I think, saw the I think '60s. So. Yeah, you're right. Oh, I can't remember who was playing it. Was it? Was it? Was YTV? Play? No, I feel like one of the major KVOS. I don't know. One of the major stations was playing Batman uh, for years, uh, and I, I watched the whole series several times. Um, yeah, looking back, it was only like two seasons, so it wasn't that much. Uh, it, but they were long seasons. Yeah, they were they were a lot of seasons, yeah. and uh, some of those villains were like King Tut. A stupid idea. I think they just they just needed to make things up because there were only so many villains that could really work in the context of yeah, that Yeah, they show. needed themes and stuff. And not everybody would work in the um, in a show that campy. Yeah. You know? yeah. I mean, I don't know. Uh, do, was Two-Face around by that point in time? Because I feel like just like he was excluded because... Like, how do you make two, like, Two-Face the terrifying... Like, how do you make that... I guess maybe Batman Forever made him really campy, but in a different way. But I don't know if he was... I don't actually know if he was in the comics. I don't know. I don't know. My, yeah. my, I'm a little sketchy on my Batman history. I know those, I know the films pretty well, but I don't really know. I, we're getting off track again. Sorry. Yeah, sorry. Uh, yeah, well, yeah. Burger's Meredith anyways. Uh, yeah. I feel like... I, I don't know. From what I've seen of him, it, it feels like people were... What he would, they would cast him to be Burger's Meredith. You know, uh, That may be unfair, but... Yeah, he he's he's just one of those iconic kind of characters. I don't know. Um, I mean, uh, from the characters I've seen him as, it, there actually is a bit of a a range. You know, if you think about it, Penguin, over the top villain, uh, Rocky's like hard ass um, trainer. This one, a very gentle old soul, uh, and gr- grumpy old men, uh, an old horn dog. <laughs> yeah, you know. But he w- but he was also kind of campy and he was kind of gruff uh, i mean you know uh, like you know at the same time he's he's, he's got the voice he has wow he <laughs> <laughs> looks like old chuck is putting the hot dog in the bun i, li- I like the uh one eye to the optometrist the one eye to the optometrist <laughs> yeah that's awesome. i can't do a burgess meredith apparently i can if i'm not trying if you're not trying yeah, yeah. all right all right yeah yeah back to the plot they turn him into Santa Claus. Yeah, basically. Yeah, <laughs> yeah I think that's yeah. it. Just it just kind of goes through the motions of showing him like, well, now he's got more reindeer. Well, here's how he got a suit mm-hmm. and all that kind of stuff. And um, and then he just go, starts going to deliver toys, you know. And that's I mean, and he does that for and then it, it drops in a few more like uh, as the years go by, yeah. a few extra things like, um, you know, like, like this guy's. This, my brother's picking on my cat, and then they're like, "Well, maybe you should only do naughty, or maybe you should only give presents to nice kids, not naughty ones." And then, um, uh, and then it does wind up working its way to modern age, um, modern age being the mid '80s. Um, <laughs> and then there's a homeless kid and a bad uh, and, and and a bad guy who's running a toy company, and like like absurdly, like these toys are absurd. Um, in that, like, a teddy bear filled with, like, glass and nails. It's like, like, why would you do that? Like, why would you purposely throw your own business under the bus like that? It, it seems like more work to put that stuff in than to put, like, asbestos or, you know, cheap stuff in it. You yeah. know what I mean? It's just like, like you have to go out of your way. Yeah, out of your way to find nails and break <laughs> some glass to put it inside your stuffed animals. <laughs> so, like, it's pretty, it's, it's, it's comically. It the, is, the, the, the very flammable doll, I feel like, is more, um, 
is more understandable. Yeah, yeah, I yeah. get that. I get that. And it's like, oh, they didn't. They just didn't go through the proper safety procedures and test things like that out. Yeah. But they, definitely the broken glass nails. I'm like, dude, <laughs> like, what what kind of company are you running here? <laughs> um, and lo and behold, he's in like financial trouble because of it. Because suddenly there's no um, like there's he's such a bad reputation for his company, and so he's like. I don't know. He just says. He, he, I mean, that's yeah. half of his dialogue. Is, <laughs> <laughs> um, <laughs> um, meanwhile, at Santa's workshop, Santa needs an assistant. Yeah. And there's so, just too many kids in the world. Yeah. There's too yeah. many, too many humans. We keep, we keep procreating. It's just nuts. Um, and uh, so he needs a so patch um, played by Dudley Moore. The oh. Dudley Moore. This is the one where Dudley Moore uh, is trying to like get a really big Christmas tree, but his his brother, played by Randy Quaid, parks his trailer in his in his driveway, right? And uh, and but Dudley Moore starts fantasizing about a woman in a jewelry shop. Is that is that this one? Actually, I'm trying to figure out what you're talking about this time. <laughs> uh, you folks at home, if you feel like uh, screaming at Doug, please hammer away at your keyboard now. Fantasizing about a woman in a jewelry shop. I'm really drawing a blank here. That's fine. I'll come to you later. Empire Strikes Back. <laughs> <laughs> That's right. <laughs> oh yeah, cool. I love that movie. <laughs> um, um, duh, uh, <laughs> we came to really. Uh, does Dudley Moore remind you of the second Doctor? Yes, he does. He looks like Patrick Troughton. He totally does. <laughs> okay, it's not just me. No. No, okay. <laughs> it's just like, I mean, he doesn't sound like him, but... No, not but, at all. But, like, you know, I would cast him as, like, brothers and something. Sure. Um, okay, yeah, but... Uh, so, anyways, yeah, Dudley Moore uh, slash Patch, the elf, is now... Uh, they You know, they do... He wants to get the, the place more automated to make more toys faster. Yeah. And so... Um, and so he builds this big thing, so he wins the spot of, like... Um, assistant. Assistant. Yeah, he's yeah, assistant. Yeah, yeah. yeah thank, thank you. I'm, I'm getting so derailed... Oh, Christmas Vacation. Of course, when you said fantasizing over a woman, I should have known it was Chevy Chase. <laughs> no, I, I, I barely... I, I, uh, I don't like that movie. I know uh, the, and a lot of people are like, you, whoa, you don't like Christmas Vacation, but I just... I watched it and I'm like... Eh, you know? You know? That's fair. Um, I think it's just... I, I just think... I, I just can't stand Chevy Chase. That's fair. Uh, he's one of those actors who I think... People kind of go like, well, he's funny at the time. Hmm. You know, but like has his comedy age. Well, I don't think I don't know. I don't know. Although, I will give uh, credit to um, European Vacation, possibly being the first set of boobs I ever saw in oh, a movie. Well done. Yeah, well done. I didn't put them in there. <laughs> you don't need to congratulate me. <laughs> I just remember that uh, there was a there was another Grandma's House movie. It was um, actually yeah. yeah she had that one, and then I, I watched it with Grandma, and I think she forgot that there were boobs in the movie because they came on and she's like, oh. <laughs> and I'm just, and in my brain I'm like, are you allowed to do that? <laughs> Can you put those in movies? Yeah. Um. Very. Um. Yeah. So, there you go. <laughs> I just didn't know where else to take that. Um, and Dudley Moore was not in that one. No, he was not. <sighs> We're really bad at staying on track here. Well, okay. I mean, that's <laughs> ba- basically then patched. You know, he he uh, the automation process screws up. Uh, a bunch of angry parents are shooting the, the toys back because they're busted. 
Back yeah. to the North Pole. And so he kind of, he, he leaves the North Pole because he's like, well, Santa doesn't like me anymore, which I, I don't know how he came to that conclusion. You could clearly, <laughs> you could clearly see that Santa was really disappointed that he had to discipline Patch at all. He's, yeah. like, he's like, I don't even know how to discipline people. <laughs> like, I literally came here and I had a whole army at my disposal. He had to be talked into not giving a present to a kid who was abusing a cat. Yeah. They had to talk. They're just like, yeah. look. He's like, well, every kid deserves a toy. It's like, well, does every kid? It's like, well, okay. Well, I'm going to double check the list to make sure that the naughty kids are actually naughty. Um, on the note of that, I, I did notice a, the kind of effective filmmaking, but that, that cat abusal scene mm. like really hit Scarlet in a bad way. She, oh, yeah. was, she was really upset about that. Oh, yeah. 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 Um, and I remember being upset about it too as a kid. And yeah, uh, yeah. it does actually legitimately, uh, and it still bothers a lot of people to this day. Whenever animals are abused on film, um, it like it, it legitimately bothers people. I think it's because the animal doesn't understand. Yeah. Um, so if like if there's even a chance that this is actually happening to an animal, it's, it's not like a stunt person or an actor who knows that's not real. Mm-hmm. It's like you know, the animal doesn't understand what's going on. True. Yeah. True. Well, um, uh, props also to the the reindeer for the puppetry. Oh, it looks great. Yeah, yeah it looks, looks really good. good. looks good. Yeah. Um, so, uh, yeah, a lot of the design stuff is, is great in this film. Um, <clears throat> but anyway, so Patch goes to uh, BZ, who is the, uh, the, the head of the, the toy company, John Lithgow's character. And he's like, I'll, uh, I'll make some stuff for you. And, uh, and then he's like, oh, okay, I'll make lots of money on this. And he's like, I'll, I'll, uh, we're going to give them to the kids for free. And then he's like... <laughs> <laughs> but then he does anyway because yeah. he just wants to fix his public image mm-hmm. um and what he comes up with is like um lollipops that uh, make people float because mm-hmm. yeah. they use pixie dust basically yeah yeah the same stuff that makes a reindeer fly basically and peter pan and peter pan yeah mm-hmm Who's not? Who didn't make an appearance in this movie? Strangely, very enough. strange, very strange. Yeah. I was waiting for him. <laughs> yeah, and uh, you know, Santa Claus is like, "Where's Patch? Where is he?" And uh, and this is kind of where the the movie does kind of like go all over the place because he befriends the homeless kid, and the homeless kid befriends the girl who turns out to be Beezy's step uh, step step niece. Yeah, uh, and you know, it's just it's just it, it kind of goes all over the place. So it's kind of hard to summarize from this point forward because yeah. like a lot of things just start to happen. That's and, fair. That's fair. You know. uh, let's talk about the film a little bit. Um, I like the atmosphere, especially at the beginning. Um, like the even the blizzard sequence, mm-hmm. it feels cold. It feels cold. Mm. Yeah. It doesn't feel like a soundstage. It doesn't feel like, oh, they're fine. It is just like, you watch it, you're just like, oof, I can feel it. I got to uh, give props to David Huddleston um, mm-hmm. as Santa Claus. I know a lot of people say the Miracle on 34th Street Santa is like one of the definitive Santa Clauses. Uh, but in my mind, David Huddleston uh, is a real Santa Claus. You know what I mean? He looks, um, he looks the part perfectly. Yeah. And he has a very gentle voice. He's not um, a caricature. No. No, he plays it in all sincerity. He really yeah. does. When things like, um, like when he's interacting with people and stuff, uh, there's genuine emotion and conflict. He's not sure of everything. You know what I mean? He's not, he's not self-assured, even after hundreds of years. He's not self-assured, this is what I need to do and stuff like that. There's, there's conflict. Mm-hmm. Yeah. 
Also, you know, uh, Judy Cornwell, who plays Anya, kind of um, an underappreciated role. Um, but I think she's like, you know, she brings a nice gentleness to it too. You mm-hmm. know, she, they, honestly, like they they really look the parts. Uh, they really play it well. They, they there's very they're both very earnest performances. Um, and uh, we made that joke when they were told. Um, that they would be immortal, you know, that they would be there for the rest of time. <laughs> I told the joke, oh, so that means we'll look younger? Nope. <laughs> can, you, can you imagine, though? It's like, oh, yeah, you'll be in your 50s, 60s for the rest of time. Oh. Oh, okay. Okay. Does that mean that we can't fix this little crick in my back? <laughs> right? And nope. All for all eternity. Well, no, you're right, because, like, you know, he start, he puts on weight, Right, <laughs> yes. he puts on weight, it and they're does, just like yeah. it's the milk and the cookies. Yeah, it's the cookies. It's, it's the cookies. It's the cookies. Mm-hmm. And and so she starts the rest of the year giving him like vegetables and gruel and stuff. I don't see him lose the weight. <laughs> <laughs> I'm just saying, I don't see him lose the weight. The poor guy. Yeah, it's yeah. I don't. I don't. One night a year, even if it's sort of like a timeless night, one night a year munching on cookies. Uh, but the rest of the year on veggies i don't know man that's like uh, a cheat day out of a year he's sneaking something uh, he's, he's, like he's, what he's in the freaking vendigum village you know what's he sneaking um, is he sneaking vendigum uh, yeah is it, are, <laughs> are the elves disappearing one by one <laughs> <laughs> is, is, is no one mentioning it because he's the prophesied one <laughs> uh, who knows who knows just don't don't start with the ancient elf he's, oh yeah. Uh, yeah that's awesome bad meat all right, Doug. You know what was coming? Hit me with a reindeer fact. Oh shoot! I don't know. Hit, hit us with the hit us with the first one. The okay, first the one first that we talked about fact? in the movie. Yeah, yeah. Okay, so so while we're watching it, our stepdad was like, because they were mentioning that the cat, the 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 reindeer were male, yeah. and he's like, no, all, all Santa's reindeer are, are female, and I'm like. Like every version I've seen, they refer to the reindeer as guys. But traditionally, turns out the reindeer are all supposed to be female. And here's why, ladies and gentlemen. Because um, reindeer are one of the only uh, deer, or, or like they're well, also caribou, right? Uh, yeah, reindeer yeah. and caribou are the same animal. It mm-hmm. just depends geographically where they are. Yeah. Um, they're, uh, uh, oh, uh, I, I said the word. I can't remember what it was. Um, I keep wanting to say ungaloid, but that's not the word. Whatever. But you know that classification. Yeah. Um, Moose, deer, caribou. Yeah. They, uh, the f- the, this is one where the females actually do grow antlers as well. And that's one, that was the thing that made me question. I'm like, I'm like, but they have antlers. I'm like, well, before I you know, shoot my mouth off, I say, like, no way. Let me just check something to see if I'm an idiot. Hmm. Um, turns out I am. Because, yes, the females do grow antlers. And one of the defining differences is that the males lose their antlers in uh in the winter time where uh the females lose their antlers in the summertime so when it's winter time christmas the females they that that's them they have to be they have to be the ones because they still have their antlers on mm. traditionally so there you well, go bravo yeah reindeer facts everybody reindeer facts get your get your facts <laughs> straight um, fact check online <laughs> one of the um Things about this movie we've already touched on a bit is the use of uh, caricature char- caricatures, really stereotype characters. Um, I feel like I've seen the orphan boy and rich girl, uh, you know, rich girl who have a connection stereotype before. Um, mm-hmm. 
I, I feel like I've seen it. I feel like it was tired even in the eighties, to be honest. <clears throat> I don't know. Honest. I was I was I, I guess I'd have to see a lot more movies in, in context. Yeah. To because uh, I you know, I I must confess I was not alive in eighty five. <laughs> um I was uh, I, I think we determined I was conceived at this point, but yeah. not 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 born. That's so my my understanding of the world was very limited. Right mm-hmm. now, it was, it was mostly outside noises that would wake <laughs> me up and annoy me. Um, is this film anti-automation? Maybe. Yeah. I don't know. I mean, it. Uh, it. Yeah, you know, it doesn't actually make any argument for for automation. Um, although, I mean, really those machines that were doing the automated work yeah they just kind of need to tweak it uh, I feel like like the concern that drove Patch to make the automation was a legitimate one the population was you know going up exponentially mm-hmm. it was placing a drain on their resources and these are guys who started with a backlog granted it had been centuries um, and it was just getting harder and harder to keep up because we keep procreating yeah we just keep procreating <laughs> but they knew but that was part of the job and the and the elves are happy to do it they are they enjoy working they genuinely enjoy the work you so, can see it in, in their steps they dance they, they dance they while they're doing it. it i mean I, the soundtrack helps mm-hmm. you know you gotta dance to that soundtrack yeah but i mean uh, let's be honest you and me after eight days we'd just be like enough of this oh like, yeah, we'd be yeah. done yeah I, I just i'm like look can i have a day off so you have to question it's just like well in 10 to 20 more years though santa uh, can you afford to not be automated? Mm. You know, how else are you going to keep up with the work? And I know the Santa Claus, the yeah. Tim Allen movie, kind of cheekily answered this with like, well, you know, not all, all the people around the world, you know, celebrate Christmas. And, well, don't worry, we're excluding the Jews. Uh, <laughs> yeah. Uh, you know, and, and, and I kind of liked that they had sort of little cheeky answers as well. They yeah. took several different directions. but So I like that. But based on the canon of this movie, Santa said explicitly that, Every child deserves a toy. He mm, said that explicitly. Mm-hmm, and true. he had to be talked out of giving the really naughty ones toys. That's still a lot of kids, whether yeah. they celebrate Christmas or not. And, and you know, the more that we, uh, the more advances we make in medical science, the less kids are going to be <laughs> dropping dead. <laughs> so, um, now, I, I think, though, honestly, though, automation, though, I mean, I mean, in the 80s as well, was, was a concern. People were losing their jobs right, to automation. Yeah, you know, like ATMs coming in, yeah. busting the doors down, kick, and, and people being like, "Well, bankers aren't going to be a thing anymore." Oh, and 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 automobiles. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. big time. Big well, time. when did uh, when did automobiles become more automated? Was it I'm like I, I mean I, I feel I looked, like I it looked, was I don't I know much feel, about cars. I feel like it was earlier than that. I feel I like so, it started too. in the '70s. But of course, people are going to remember that. I mean, you know, you lost a lot of your workforce, and it was showed no signs of slowing down. No. So and still hasn't, and and it still hasn't. So I feel like that there there was an automatic distrust of of automation, and I could definitely see, especially with uh, in the eighties when um, when computers were starting to become a thing. Yeah, like home computers. Mm-hmm. Um, so like the, I think some people were like looking down the road, going like, "What are these computers going to be like?" Yeah, and you know what? It's still concerning. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, um, and then and then strangely enough. With the anti-automation sentiment, then we get the outrageous product placement. <laughs> so you get the societal critique on one hand, and then the full-blown kids are eating at McDonald's and are super happy. And I will say it is kind of 
um, maybe cool is too strong a word, but interesting from a uh, historical nostalgic standpoint to see what a McDonald's looks like at the time. You know what I mean? Just, just, just as the aesthetics. You know, it kind of it, it was very nostalgic, and yeah. it, it kind of reminded me of like old McDonald's commercials and stuff yeah. like that. You know, yeah, um, and, so, and sort of like yeah, you know, they they. But yeah, this was very blatant. Yeah, product, very product. much so. Look, even down some, to when she's the... leaving, and I remember what as even as a kid, I remember this when she the the girl uh, Cornelia or Corny, yeah, that's weird. Yeah. Uh, when she leaves some food outside for him, she sets down the can of Coke like very like like very deliberately with the label facing outwards mm-hmm, to Coca Cola, mm-hmm. and I remember seeing that as a kid, just like oh, you know, Coca Cola. You know I mean? Do you suppose that that Coca- can of Coca Cola was? Uh, Filled up with love by a single person, or was it? Oh, of course, uh, it was an automated line. <laughs> no, of course, it was an automated line. That's the thing, right? I mean, just like, yeah. just like, come on, McDonald's and Coke are like symbols of automation as well. Uh, you know, still are. You know, here's what's kind of funny is that uh, if you also think about the design of Santa Claus, yeah. it comes from Coca-Cola. Um, Ish, it was. Ish. Oh popularized by coca-cola oh is this one of those is this one of those urban myths that it's like the internet says like this is how it actually is but it actually isn't um it's an understandable one because um there were many different designs of how santa claus looked even a nice actually i kind of like the blue the blue suits um but then coke really seized on the red one obviously because red and white and blue blew it up to become like super iconic right so coke had such a huge hand in the in the marketing of that design of santa claus that i mean like it's fair to give them uh to give them a lot of credit for it but they did not originate it okay yeah there you go nice there, clarification, everybody. Now, now that you have some, now that you have some uh, Coca-Cola Santa Claus facts, I think we need a reindeer facts. <laughs> Absolutely, Stephen. Absolutely. Yeah, which I can provide you <laughs> off the top of my head. Oh, oh no, no. Uh, if I did once, yeah, definitely looking it up off the top of my head. <laughs> um, ungulate, not ungulate. Ungulates. They're ungulates. Did you know, Stephen, yes. that reindeer are the only mammals that can see ultraviolet light? Yeah, that's really cool. Yeah, actually. I didn't know that. Uh, I mean, I did off the top of my head. Huh. Um, that humans can see light in a range of wavelengths from about 700 nanometers mm-hmm. in the red spectrum to 400 nanometers in the violet spectrum. Mm-hmm. Reindeer can see light to 320 nanometers in the ultraviolet UV range. And this ability lets reindeer see things in the icy water of the Arctic that they would uh, otherwise miss. Kind of like viewing the glow of a white object under the black light. Okay. That's groovy. <coughs> um, any other thoughts on the movie? Um, just in, in general, I, I like it. It's really charming. Again, you, you just kind of have to take its flaws for what it is. You know, it's, 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 a, it's an interesting... Um, it is just an interesting kind of movie for its time you know uh it's but at the same time like it it just kind of provide this um it's not like a a fresh quote-unquote take on santa claus no it really just kind of like takes the mythos very seriously yeah um and then it it does get goofy as the movie goes uh once it hits modern age um but like I don't know. There's, there's just something so earnest and pure about the movie. You kind of just have to go, like, you just roll. They go like, yeah, but you know what? It was, it was a good time. And I think that um, kids are going to get lost in the magic of it. I think, I think so. so. Um, 
just as we did when we were young and just as it seemed like Scarlet did today. So I, I think the special effects do hold up pretty well for the most part. You know, sometimes you can see through it and be like, oh yeah, obviously obviously green screen. There was a point where it's like San- there was a green screen scene where Santa's hair kind of disappeared into the back. Sure. Um, and like... And some of the some of the flying effects didn't work as well, but other ones did work really well. Yeah. So, um, you know, sometimes sometimes movies don't have to do everything right to be really nice and really great and be enjoyable. You know. Yeah. And this is one of those cases where, like, you, you know, you just. you just you know, like a person, you know, it's like, yeah, you know, we love Uncle Ted, even though, you know, he's kind of he's kind of. He has trouble holding down jobs, and stuff like that. you know. But, but we love him because he, you know, he's, he 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 makes the kids smile. <laughs> yeah. yeah. So you know, I it's that's kind of the where I, what I feel about a film. It, it's it's uh, it's beautifully imperfect. Okay. Yeah. I like that. Yeah. Speaking of Richard Donner, mm-hmm. uh, even though he didn't direct this film, even though he didn't direct this film, yeah. he directed what I feel is uh, the cheeky sequel to to the film. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, I won't play the whole thing. I'll play the meat of it. It's Lee Majors, the $6 million band. Santa, is there a back way out of this place? Of course there is, Lee, but this is one Santa that's going out the front door. It don't matter a hill of beans what happens to me. The world couldn't afford it if anything happened to you. Now, you stay put. Oh, that's very nice of you, Lee. And Lee, you're being a real good boy this year. Yes, you sure have. You sure have. 7 o'clock, Psycho sees Santa's workshop. Eat this. And only Lee Majors can stop them. The night the reindeer die. <sighs> From my favorite Christmas movie, Scrooged. Or certainly oh, yeah. one of my favorite ones. Mm-hmm. Yeah, Scrooge is a controversial choice for favorite Christmas it movies. It definitely is. Some people hate it. Some people just cannot stand it, but... Uh... I'm in the camp of love it. Yeah, uh, I think that that style of humor really gels with me. <laughs> yeah. um, <laughs> Absolutely. Now, uh, I have to kill all of you. <laughs> uh, okay, let's talk about the comic adaptation. Yeah, it's finally getting the comic. Getting the comic. Well, uh, Marvel Super Special number thirty-nine. It was adapted by Sid Jacobson, and the art was by Frank. Springer, mm-hmm. and uh, yeah, and the cover art, uh, I think, is gorgeous. Oh, it's lovely. They it made, really, really captures the people well. They made David Hilston actually look more like Santa Claus, to be honest. They really santed him up. Uh, and they kind of de-aged his wife a little bit, eh? Actually, that's through the whole comic. They, they kind of de-aged her a little bit. She looks yeah, uh, kinda, noticeably younger. Kind of turned into a yummy claws there. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Spicy pizza. Uh, I feel like <laughs> they made really Towser, the uh, the spineless uh, henchman of BZ, uh, look a little more like Rick Moranis. Oh, I can see uh, that. Yeah. Ghostbusters Rick Moranis. Mm-hmm. I don't know, but I kind of like I like this aesthetic of you know you got your cast of characters and you know in the sort of the surrounding, um, you know to try to encapsulates uh, encapsulates the spirit of the movie by capturing it off of mm-hmm. people's facial expressions uh, which doesn't always work but I, I think really works here I it's think good really art it's good art. it's really good art actually yeah but the if you're expecting that to you know uh, you know go into the comic uh, no. sorry no. no the actually to be honest the art in the in the comic itself well, they really drive home this whole elf mage thing too oh yeah yeah, yeah. just just stamped everywhere oh yeah yeah yeah, yeah please go on um 
I feel it looks older than '80s comics. You know what I mean? The comic style. The, yeah, the, like like look at the look at the design of, of the characters and the the text bubbles and stuff. I don't know. I just feel like it it, it looks older. You know. What um. I mean? You know, this isn't. Yeah. You know. Come to think of it, I, I've read a few older like '70s uh, comic books from like mostly superhero stuff, like the, some of the classic Spider-Man. Uh, I would say it's definitely not in line with the '60s, but '70s I could see it fitting right in there. Yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah, I, I guess I could see that. Yeah. So, the story is pretty much the same. Even a lot of the lines are pretty much the same. Yes, I noticed that the script is on point. It, it definitely it's right, lifted right from the film. Except, there is a scene uh, later mm-hmm. um, where Santa meets up with some street kids. And asks them, you know, they're so happy that they've gotten, uh, I think they've gotten the lollipop. And they're so happy about it. And he mm-hmm. challenges them, and he says, "Well, what about how you feel when you give, give gifts?" And they're just like, "Oh, giving gifts—that's lame." Uh, and this kind of contributes more to the sort of Santa existential crisis. That's of right. Film. Yeah, during the the last portion of the film, it's it's really not touched on super well in the movie. No. Do you suppose that this was from um, a deleted scene? Very possibly. Very possibly. Because it actually does inform that despondency from santa a lot more yeah like i said santa doesn't move about really deliberately throughout much of the movie he's 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 questioning himself he's he seems more human he seems like you know he's been doing it for centuries now at this point and it doesn't seem like the world really gets christmas anymore and this is from a guy who just used to deliver the simplest of toys like a little doll to villagers you know pre-13th century and it meant the world to them and now um at this point you know in history, you know what he's. It's it, the world has changed, and he says that to his wife that the the world is different now. Mm-hmm. And you know what's the point of of there being Santa Claus and Christmas? I mean, you know, they don't even um, acknowledge him as real for starters, and um, and they they it's all about receiving and not by giving. And so mm-hmm. there's there is definitely some despondency. Um, which I think, which I think is interesting, and I wish it was ex- actually explored a little bit more in the movie. Yeah, I always felt that it was something that wasn't that wasn't quite on point, because um, yeah, it, it's just it's this thing that's in a few scenes where he's just like, kids don't like giving anymore. Yeah, and Christmas isn't what it used to be, and then suddenly he kind of snaps out of it. Yeah. I, I guess that, you know this wouldn't fix the him just snapping out of it like that. I think but, it's because um, they wanted the conflict to be more about him versus the evil businessman than him versus his own self doubt and mm-hmm. and stuff. Um, well, he never meets the evil businessman. They don't even. Oh yeah, you know, no, they, they don't. They don't, don't meet, but their interests collide, right? <clears throat> yeah. Uh, it's so much the they battle for the soul of Patch. <laughs> well, that's just it. And BZ wants to have Christmas too in March, and uh, yeah, it's. So it's it's almost too bad, uh, but I'm glad that the comic kind of has that in anyways because it I th- I think it's a fairly good message, you know, and it's a, it's a fairly timeless message. It's just like, well, you know, maybe half of Christmas is about you know, the giving part of it, you know. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, One a difference I noted um, is that they excluded, well, it wasn't excluded, but it was changed. The torturing of the cat. The, he, oh, yeah. the kid is playing with a top, uh-huh. and then, the, but then, and then the girl says that she got a new kitty from Santa. So Santa gave her the cat, it seems, right, or something. Um, or where did that scene go? Let me just uh, find it. It's not too far from here. 
There you go. So yeah, look what I got. Uh, I got the top I wanted from Santa. And she's like, and I got the I got the pet. Yeah. And I, then the next scene, she's writing to Santa, going like, so my brother tortures my cat. But but it's excluded. And part of me wonders like why that was. If maybe they thought it would wouldn't. I mean, it's not like it's not like it was a brutal torture scene. It was, she was just scruffing the cat and like and giving it a hard time. Yeah. Um, <clears throat> which you know was still upsetting in in the film. But uh, but I wonder if they were even allowed to put it in the comic or something. I don't know. It's like it's like they're like no torturing animals. No, I mean I don't know. I feel like we just did Conan the Barbarian before this. <laughs> that's, right. Yeah. that's right. So it's like that's, uh, I, don't see, yeah. I don't see like suddenly like this crosses the line. This boy was scruffing that cat. Yeah. Um, so that that one's bizarre. That one's so bizarre. that's just an interesting change that I I don't think was for the better. It just seemed like it was it was like he's the kids playing with his top and then and then it's almost like the girls like lying to Santa. She's like, I hate my brother. I hate him. I hate I hate I him hate so him. much. So I'm gonna make sure he doesn't get any more presents from, <laughs> from Santa Claus. The cat should have ratted him out. Sorry, like, or yeah. she's just like, he will not stop playing with that stupid, stupid top. top. <laughs> I'm sick of I that. that. I want him so to much. pay attention to my kitty. Oh my God. Um, but and so she writes to Santa's like my brother tortures my cat and Santa's like well he's not getting another top that's for sure and she's like yes <laughs> yeah. yeah um a couple strange design choices mm-hmm. uh well I mean one I get the the mansion Santa's workshop has been designed to look a bit more like a village that even has like tunnels that join them and stuff like that which I guess makes a degree of log- logistical sense um but then they go to all the trouble to like say, well, you know, here's where all the vendigums or all the elves sleep or whatever, which mm-hmm. then seems to imply more like the mansion stuff. But I don't know, whatever. But the weird one is Dancer and Prancer, instead of being identified by the little like marks on their eyes, they're wearing monocles. Okay, so I, I'm not crazy. No, you're not crazy. Because I'm, I'm like, did I miss that in the movie? Because <laughs> like, do they they have monocles? <laughs> like, I'm like, I'm like, like maybe they didn't focus on it enough or something like Why that. Why do they have monocles? And okay, wow. Because okay, they're the, so the it, it wasn't ones. in the movie. No, they okay, had they good. had little they had little marks on their eyes. They okay. had like little white patches, which you could do in the comic. It's just like, oh yeah, he's got a little little mark on his left eye, and he's got a little mark on his his right eye. And but no, in the comic, <laughs> they, got, they got monocles, <laughs> and then you never see it again. Well, you know that's the thing is that that makes a choice so strange. Yeah, that's bizarre. May, I mean, maybe. Okay, so if I had to think of a reason why that happened, mm. maybe they were going to have monocles in an early version of the script, <laughs> and then when they finally got it on film, they're like, this, this looks, looks stupid. Dumb. <laughs> <laughs> this, this is, is so stupid. dumb. This is the dumbest choice. Can we just give them a little mark or something? And then, so and then the director's like, yeah, I don't yeah. know what it was with the monocle thing. Look, it was Phil's idea. <laughs> I don't know what he was thinking. Um, I mean, I, that's that's the nearest thing I can think of. Yeah, yeah, I, you're, you may be right. Okay, the effect of Santa going up and down chimneys in the movie is he kind of touches his nose or whatever, and then Ding. yeah, uh, turns into sparkles and, and heads on up. But in the comic, um, it's more like a transporter effect. There's a vanishing from the bottom all the way up, mm-hmm. to which, of course, I said, "Beam me up, Santa." Um, I don't know. I mean, maybe that's. I guess that's easier to 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 capture in a comic than the suddenly vanishing into a thing of sparkles. I mean, I, I'm no I'm no artist, honestly. So I mean, maybe you could do it, but I guess the beaming sort of effect gets the point across. It just kind of looks weird to me. 
Yeah. <clears throat> yeah, I can kind of understand. It's sort of like you draw one panel. Well, see, I guess, I guess here, here's the thing: is that it, that's the difference between film and comic. Yeah. You draw one panel. Yeah. Sand is there. You draw another panel. Sand is not there. There's no magic to that. Mm. You know. It's it's like it's like well of course somebody just drew another panel without Santa. <laughs> Where in he a just mo- stepped behind <laughs> the screen. Yeah. Where in a movie, I mean, of course, like you know, you know how they edit it and stuff like that. But but if you're a kid just watching and and Santa goes bing, like there is a level of like kind of magic to that, mm. and I, I think that you can fool a kid in a film, and you know, just because the, they're wrapped up in the story, you're not gonna fool anyone in a comic That's like right. that. So. Uh, also, don't know if you know, BZ doesn't look like John Lithgow. Uh, he's, I mean, he's, he looks like, uh, basically enough in that he's a white guy who's, you know, kind of balding and, you know, kind of a god face, but he doesn't, he doesn't look like John Lithgow in this, I don't know, it's, it's kind of weird, maybe, uh, oh yeah, yeah see, he doesn't, he doesn't well, look he, like John I mean, Lithgow. a little bit, in, uh, yeah, you know what, he, wow, what does he look like? Yeah. He he has a really oval face, like mm. really oval. I mean, some of the, the some of the the characters, like obviously his assistant guy, looks look looks like looks a caricature close. of himself. The the um, uh, capture of Dudley Moore, you know, the Dudley Moore, okay, is spot wait, yeah. on. Yeah, it's pretty good. Even, he even looks like Patrick Troughton in that one. <laughs> That's how good they've got him. Um, but. Uh, Maybe yeah. Maybe they just had trouble getting uh, nailing down John Lithgow. I don't I know. Um, or I, 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 he looks kind of like a Dick Tracy villain. He does actually. Yeah, he does. Yeah. Uh, confession time. My first uh, first thing I ever saw John Lithgow in uh, was uh, Harry and the Hendersons. That's probably the first thing I saw uh, him into. Even though that was, I, I barely remember Harry I, and the Hendersons. I, I used to watch. Like it was another. We've talked about this before. Movies on TV. You know, like, mm-hmm. I used to watch a lot of movies on TV, but the problem was was that like I'd seen the beginning of the movie a lot. I have no memory of the end. It's on Netflix. Oh, is it? Okay. Yeah. So I was I was gonna watch it, um, but every every now and then it gets edges edged out by something. Yeah. Um, also had a sitcom uh, that lasted a couple seasons. Did it? Yeah, it did. Oh, okay. So did John Lithgow. Oh, see, and here's this is interesting. And the, later on, they they're not even consistent with his character because. He now it looks like his face is too small for his head. It looks like it, it looks like a face that has been taken from another picture, put onto his picture. Yeah, that's bizarre. Actually, in both of these pictures, but different different faces taken from different pictures, put on. <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah, they 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 really don't have him down. Um, but yeah, you're right. But the Dudley Moore is striking. Yeah, very it's much so. Weird. Very much so. It's very inconsistent. <laughs> yeah. Oh, every picture. <laughs> every picture, it looks different. It yeah. looks like. They take a face from a different drawing and put it on a head. It's really yeah, that's incredible. But but every picture of Dudley Moore, spot on. Yeah. I guess they didn't want to mess up the Dudley Moore's. Uh, face. Of course not. <laughs> the, the, well, again, he was the headliner, right? I don't. I keep saying headliner. Is that the right word? Um, uh, it is not. No. Uh, what is the? Um, he is the. Yeah, headliner would be if it was a music show. Yeah. Um, they get they got uh, top billing. Top billing. Thank top you. Top billing. There you go. Um, a couple, like for the most part, it sticks pretty close to the script, but a couple strange uh, dialogue choices. Page 51, when uh, Cornelia's uh, nanny gets the lollipop, and she's like, oh, hey, look, I got a lollipop, and it's delicious, and I'm flying like Mary Poppins. Cornelia says, so I see. Just like just <laughs> like, like that. And I was just like, that's weird. <laughs> 
Because so that's I a see. line that's not in the movie. No, and it's not a line I don't and think a kid would... I don't... I, yeah, it, it, that's so just one that's kind of weird and out of place. It's like, oh, so I see. Um, 64, near the end, when uh, BZ is munching on the candy canes to fly out the window, mm-hmm. there's a bunch of people outside who are just like, what's he doing, what's he doing? And, you know, oh, he's, he's on the window, what's going on? Like, sort of like background chatter, normal stuff. And one dialogue bubble, someone says, is he going to commit suicide? Whoa. Or it's just like just yeah. drops the commit suicide, and I remember the first time I heard that phrase was Home Alone, uh, when uh, when Marvin uh, um, Joe Pesci, it's, y- y- Marvin Joe Pesci, <laughs> yeah. um, go to the window and they look down and they wonder where Kevin went, and Marv says maybe he committed suicide. I was like, what does that mean? <laughs> I mean, I was like, oh, he killed himself. <laughs> I was like, oh, because I, I don't know. There's just something very like formal about the phrase commit suicide. I also so love this I, panel where he's flying and he's and he he's like legit. Full out in outer space. Oh yeah, yeah. Instead <laughs> of just being in the in the stratosphere like yeah. it was in the movie. Yeah, no. Here he's like he's, like, he's on his way to Krypton or something. <laughs> I mean, it's just like, how are you still alive, man? <laughs> and like, still vocal. Give me down, give me down from here. Like, like, who's gonna get you down here from there, buddy? You're done. Yeah. The, You're done. Uh, only there's you got one one chance, and you better hope Superman's real. Yeah. <laughs> um, going back, going back to Richard Donner. And then yeah. Oh, every, all roads lead to Richard Donner. Yeah, yeah. Um, oh, there you go. That's that's. That's the name of Steve's autobiography. Yeah, all, all roads, roads lead, lead to, to Richard, Richard Donner. Donner. Uh, at the very end... Oh, actually, I should give prompts because uh, a common criticism I've been having is that the endings of these comics wrap up way too quickly. Yeah. I didn't feel that way about this one. It okay. seemed it seemed well-paced. <coughs> but Good. if we go to the credits, it's it credits Claus as Dudley uh, David Hiddleston. Not <laughs> Dudley Moore. Uh, but it credits Santa Claus as himself. <laughs> Yeah. What? What? I mean, I would understand one or the other, mm-hmm. but both. Mm-hmm. That's well, weird. I guess. I guess they wanted to find a mi- middle ground. They're like, okay, we don't want to burst anyone's bubble that Santa Claus isn't real, but we also we should give David Huddleston. Yeah, he put a lot of work. You should. You should give him props. So maybe this will trick kids. It's like the spirit of Santa. Is, yeah. Uh, I don't know. Um, but you do have to wonder, like, what's the point? Yeah, well, yeah, right? <laughs> you do have to wonder. Yeah. Um, Especially in the comic. Yes. Yeah. Yeah, it's very bizarre. Especially and then the last page is, is uh, Elf Made. Elf Yeah, they really drive, drive that home. You know, uh, more so than in the movie. Like, that yeah. does, that stamp does uh, kind of appear everywhere in the film. It does. And they um, say things like, oh, I'm an Elf Made man or, or stuff like that. Yeah, they do yeah. drop it in a couple times. Um, elf power. But they really, they really drive that sucker home for, oh, the, yeah. for this... Uh, for the comic. Oh, all the damn time. Yeah. And so. truthfully, it's not very funny, guys. Um, <laughs> the, the elf puns aren't great. No, they, they're, they're not. They're not great in the movie. They're not great in the comic. Yeah. Um, any any final thoughts on this? Uh, you know, the art is pretty inconsistent, I gotta say. Uh, sometimes it's really beautiful. A lot of the, a lot of the shots of the the toy shop, yeah. a lot of the shots of, of Santa flying, I think are really beautiful. It's the faces. It's the faces I have trouble with. Uh, apart from Dudley Moore, who is on point every time. Mm-hmm. Uh, the Dudley Moore. Santa Claus sometimes look like looks. There's one. Oh, where did it? I had one picture of him. There, there it is, right there. Uh, what, I don't know which page is this. Um, oh, I don't know what what view uh, you have it on. Okay, yeah. Um, it's when he's picking it, between the two as yeah. an assistant. Yeah. It, 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 there's one panel is his face is melting right off. Yeah, <laughs> it, it legitimately is. Yeah, it, and, he looks older than the ancient elf. Yeah. <laughs> 
And um, but actually, a lot of the elves look pretty good. That's the thing is that this this guy looks like his movie version. That's um, what's the name of that character? He's one of the other. He's one of the only other like named elves. Yeah, I don't remember. Um, but uh, he's the he's the guy who contends against Patch. Yeah. Um, and do, what's it? Dooley. Dooley. Yeah. The, the, Dooley he looks, he looks really great. He looks like yeah. right on point. So, um, but Cornelia, uh, actually, she looks like a full grown woman there. She does actually. Uh, in her first, in the first scene with her. She looks like she's uh, well in her thirties. So the the art is inconsistent. I think scenery wise, they really nail it, um, and but the people are very inconsistent. Um, yeah. The story itself, I find, is is probably uh, a little better than the film. Um, yeah, it, I, yeah. I'll say it's I'll say it's a little better with the with the film than the film is. Um, but I'll and and that also the pacing is just a little better yeah you know i noticed the pacing is pretty pretty decent uh which is one thing that the film doesn't quite nail down the okay pace, just the as film's a, pacing is yeah a little okay bit just off, as so. an example yeah. uh when uh dudley moore is proving <laughs> patch is proving that he's he's a magic elf and he keeps to busy and he keeps disappearing and reappearing in the office those are strangely there's a strange amount of time between him disappearing and him reappearing he disappears BZ walks over to where he was, looks around, then he reappears somewhere else, and that that whole scene feels really longer than it should be. It it drags. Yeah, it but drags. but because space is an issue in in comics, you got to make every panel count. Boom, 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 boom. They're they're going through scenes like that uh, quickly and succinctly, which is a benefit. There's there's mm-hmm. no real dragging here. So I'll I'll say the story's a little better. I I mean I like I like the movie a lot. I actually really do. I don't think it's I don't think it deserves the uh, the the panning that it got. Um, no, no. You know I I find it in line in line ish with the never ending story, but the never ending story's tone is more way more consistent. Um, I'd say the never ending story is a better movie. Yes, uh, the never ending story I think is is a, I I mean I I actually I think it's a masterpiece. Yeah, no, I, 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 Never Ending Story is one of my favorite movies, uh, hands down. But, like, in terms of, like, having a family film that the whole family can go and, and go watch, and the parents won't be bored to tears, yeah. uh, or, and, and the kids won't be pandered to by really stupid, soppy stuff, which there was a lot of in the 80s, uh, and today, um, <laughs> Uh, I I think that as a, f- a family can go and enjoy this movie like they could go and enjoy the Neverending Story or like they could go and enjoy our next episode, mm-hmm. um, you you know what I mean. So so like that I don't I don't see what would make this so panned. You know what I mean? No no uh, I mean I I guess I can't really get in the mind of the critics at the time. Yeah. Um, uh, and you know I, I I can't just be nostalgic goggles either because I don't think so. because I I've seen movies that I've that I have I've revisited films and been disappointed yeah and um and I see again I, I mean I, I I kind of brought this I mentioned this before about how it is imperfect yep um I see the holes and I just feel okay with it yeah you know I'm, I'm just like yeah it's fine and like it, it's it's cute and it's and it's and yeah it, it doesn't it isn't stupid kid friendly that's the, you know exactly yeah. it's not dumb it's not a dumb movie it there's, takes itself maybe, maybe some dumb moments there's dumb moments well, but yeah. it's it takes its matter s- seriously enough like again david H- huddleston he's 
he's taking the role seriously. He's not mm-hmm. he's not being a caricature, which I find a lot of actors who portray Santa, they can't help it. They turn them into a caricature because he practically is a caricature. But there was a lot of humanity in in his performance, like a lot of it, which is great. Um, one thing I will notice uh, that both the both the comic and the movie did is it it's made it very subtle the pain that they felt at never being able to have kids. They didn't harp on it. Yeah, they didn't. Yeah. They didn't have histrionics over it. It was something that was a long time ago because they'd been together like thirty years or whatever, and it, there was still some pain. But they didn't dwell on it. Yeah, because they're um, older, and so that at this point they would have they would they wouldn't be having kids anyway. Yeah. So that 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 aspect of their lives is in the past. So whenever there's like just a quick mention of it, there's there's a there's a shared look between them, just like you know an acknowledgement of a pain that they used to feel and the comic portrays that too uh the movie does it a little better but that's simply because the movie you can see the actors like Mm -hmm. they can emote Mm -hmm. it and that's the only reason why it works and i think that it's moments like that that are smart because they don't harp on it there's there's no open weeping like they could have so easily had anya said oh and i never had children of my own as she sobbed no 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 No, they played they played that subtle and uh, moments like that honestly they don't talk down to the audience then they don't they don't they don't you get you get the impression you get the idea and they don't dwell on it and it's smart move uh i didn't even consider that but yeah you're right is is that there's um even yeah even when they mentioned they're like we just have no children of our own that's that it's it's there's a gentleness about it um and it's sort of like you know let's face the facts a while ago yeah yeah it's something that was long dealt with yeah still some feelings yeah, and that's and and you know I feel like that uh, that's that's very realistic. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, there's there's a lot of things like things that are upsetting uh, currently that are like very imminently upsetting. Uh, they can they can still leave you a little hurt, but at the same time, like it's like it's, there's difference from it's a difference between old wounds and fresh wounds. Right? Yeah, yeah. Uh, so. Moments to breathe as well. Um, having the first night, uh, Santa can't sleep. Uh, and goes and he he wanders the workshop and he goes to the only friends he has and those two reindeer uh, who you know they're more than just pets and stuff they're companions and he goes and you know he makes a friend with Patch and Patch introduces him to the other reindeer and stuff like that but it was a moment to breathe Mm-hmm. moment to breathe well that's something that uh, is worth noting because uh, uh, if you watch a lot of like kids cartoons and stuff like that mm-hmm. is that there's always something going on okay I know I know this one is controversial and makes me a lot of enemies but honestly the cloudy with a chance to meatball movies uh, uh, I sit and I watch them and genuinely very creative genuinely very funny no moments to breathe it's just it's just uh oh, also meet the robinsons the disney movie just things are happening so fast fast boom 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 boom. things are happening so fast and uh-huh. you're just like i missed like half the jokes and i can't laugh at the other half because so much is happening at once uh-huh. yeah and you know your kids can love those movies just fine but uh but i think it undercuts some of the some of the storytelling to not have the give give anything a chance to sort of process uh-huh. and digest um, that's another thing that thing, movies like The Neverending Story do very well. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Um, Neverending Story has moments exactly like that as well. Things that went over my head as a kid, uh, but I got as an adult. Moments to breathe, mm-hmm. quiet, subtle moments, you know, subtle emotional moments, stuff like that. Um, yeah. You know, the, the the things like pacing and stuff like that and, and just... and just I, I, Yeah, I'm just going to be repeating myself at this point. But yeah, <laughs> yeah no, I, I agree as well. I agree as well. So. There's one way you can repeat yourself. Hit me up with a reindeer fact. Okay, everybody, ready? We got one. We, we got, got one more reindeer fact happening. <laughs> <clears throat> 
Some reindeer migrate longer distances than any other land mammal. Hmm. Hmm. Interesting. Um, yeah, a few populations of North American reindeer travel up to 3,100 miles per year, covering around 23 miles per day at their top speed. These reindeers can run 50 miles per hour and swim at 6.2 miles per hour. During the spring, herd sizes can range from 50,000 to 500,000 individuals, but during the winter, the groups are much smaller. Very interesting. I think so, Stephen. That one was for you, Mark. What? (laughs) Yeah, reindeer. Oh, yeah, yeah. Oh, yeah, I see. Yes. We have one one brief little thing of feedback. JC Carlos, who I think we've uh, we've gotten feedback from you before, JC. He says, I have no recollection of this movie, and I have never seen this comic, but it's Christmas time, and I want to wish you guys a Merry Christmas and Happy Holidays to all the listeners. Looking forward to the podcast and learning about this movie. Great. Thanks, Jason. Well, yeah. Well, I mean, I, I hope we've encouraged you to check it out. Yeah. Uh, maybe you'll watch it and be like, no, this movie sucks. You guys are nuts. <laughs> <laughs> or maybe you'll be like, hey, a Christmas classic I didn't know. Yeah, maybe I can uh, mm-hmm. I can introduce this to my kids. Um Certainly, I had no idea that the movie would be narrated by Gonzo and uh, Rizzo the Rats, uh, but Michael Caine was brilliant. <laughs> Speaking of which, next mm-hmm. next time... Actually, there's one of my favorite Christmas movies is Muppet it's Christmas Carol. so good. I really love Muppet so Christmas good. Carol. I was informed <laughs> that the Disney Plus version of it uh, omits the song, uh, I think it's called Waiting for Love, the, the one that... Uh, Ebenezer's fiance sings to him in the garden when he's breaking things off with her. Yes, actually, that is also omitted from the DVD version. Oh wait, no, no. Uh, the DVD version I have has both versions. Um, <clears throat> there's a theatrical release and the release. Uh, or oh, what is it actually? Maybe I don't have the one. There is a theatrical release and um, the home video release. The theatrical release has that song omitted. The one that we watched was the home video, the home release, video release, which yeah. had the song. So I don't know. If, I don't remember if we watched it in theaters or not. No, I. Definitely not, no. But, um... I never saw a Muppet movie in theaters. Really? Yeah. You never saw a Muppet movie in theaters? Mm-hmm. No, none. Not even, like, the newer ones? No. No. Really? Yeah. Oh. Yeah. There's some Steve <laughs> facts that I there didn't you know about. There you go. I've really? never seen a Muppet movie in theaters. I don't remember if I saw Muppet Treasure. Oh, okay, sorry, sorry. <laughs> <laughs> okay, um... <laughs> We are going to be reviewing uh, Muppets Take Manhattan next mm-hmm. uh, next month. And we're going to have some special co-hosts. Um, uh, as you may have heard, uh, Scarlett and I did a brief segment on a recent episode where we were talking about Spider-Ham. And Scarlett and I were talking about uh, Spider, the Pure Porker the Spectacular Spider-Ham mm-hmm. number seven, uh, which was a lot of fun. And it was done by a subsidiary of Marvel called Star Comics, if I recall correctly. And they also did uh, Muppets Take Manhattan. And so we'll be getting Andrew and Scarlet. Fingers crossed for Andrew. He's uh, he, he he lives by the whims of his uh, of his feelings <laughs> in the moment. Yeah, but I know Scarlet will be interested in, in coming and talking about the Muppets. Great. And uh, that's that's all next time. Um, any further thoughts, Captain? You should have uh, should have seen that new movie, the Muppet. The Muppet. Well, it's not new anymore. It's like from twenty eleven. You should have saw that one in theaters. That was a good one. The second one, uh, Muppets Most Wanted, was actually pretty disappointing. That's the one I saw. Um, I haven't seen the the twenty eleven. Really? Um, yeah. When did you? So, but you didn't see Muppets take or Muppets Most Wanted in theaters. So. That's right. I've, I've I saw Muppets Most Wanted like a year ago. Oh. The Muppets was better. 
fair. Yeah. All right, folks. That's it for us. We always, as always, as always, as always, look forward to your feedback. So, I guess, uh, keep watching movies. And uh, Merry Christmas to you all, and to all, and good night. <laughs>